I'm supposed to be going to the emergency room to take my son to figure out what's wrong with him. Do they not realize that something's wrong with him? You know, and as a mom, you, I was desperate to find out. And thankfully, we're all okay. Hey ladies, welcome back to another episode of B3 Boss Babies and Thoughts. While I talk about all things motherhood, entrepreneurial, and how to have fun with everything in between. I'm your host, Jessica with a Y, and I cannot wait to dive into today's topic. So make sure to grab your favorite cocktail, sit back, relax, and unwind. Let's have some fun. Hey everyone, welcome to today's episode of Boss Babies and Bottles. I was kind of hoping that as a mother I would avoid the whole having to go to the ER situation in the middle of the night. But we had our first one, everyone's okay, we're all okay. Uh, but we had it, we were sleeping actually, of course, because again, middle of the night, that's, that's when everything tends to happen. And all of a sudden, Alejandro kept kind of waking up a little bit. And not being his usual self, which is pretty odd because he's pretty good about sleeping through the night. Actually, he's really good about sleeping through the night. I did some some sleep training there when we were about, uh, he was four-ish months old, which is when they say you can start. So no judging, right? We talk about that. Um, and, you know, we did a little bit of the cry it out method. And the first day was tough. The second day was better. And the third day was like, holy cow. I didn't have to do it to Ariela because she was fantastic from day one in the sleeping until she hit about six months and then she started to get crazy and then I was like, okay, no, we're fixing this too. So so he, he was waking up a little bit. They've been waking up a little bit too because of their teeth. So that's kind of been one of the big things in terms of the teething and, you know, that's just kind of been a whole fiasco on itself, but I kind of just let him there. It's not usual, but I was like, maybe he's going through a regression or his teething or whatever. So I was like, I'm just going to leave him. And David was like, are you sure? And I'm like, yeah, I'm perfectly sure that he's perfectly fine. And so we just kind of left it like that. And then he kept waking up again. And I think it was the third time I finally went in there and I picked him up and guys, my heart dropped. He was burning up. I immediately felt a ping of guilt because how could I not know that my kid was burning up, you know, and me here thinking he was just, you know, kind of going through something during the sleeping. And I literally yelled to David, run into the room, tell him to get some, some wet towels so that they would be cool cloths that we can put on him. And I got the thermometer and I took him to the bed. I took his thermometer. It was 102.8. And I'm freaking out because obviously, you know, the only thing I had ever heard was don't let them get to like high temps, like 103, 104. Like those are terrible. And this kid's at like 102.8. So high. I undressed the poor kid. He's like super, he's such a good boy too that I don't think he ever really like full blown cried. He was just complaining the whole time, you know, like, uh, uh, uh. you know, and the poor thing, I'm undressing him. He sees, I'm sure the frantic guilty face that I have on. <laughs> I don't know which other way to put it. And um, uh, David starts putting the cold cloths on him. I'm taking his temperature. You know, I was about to like put him in like some, some not super cold water, but you know what I mean? Like room temp water. And I was like, no, let's take it a second. I tell David, uh, I, I think I went to go get the Tylenol. I gave him the Tylenol and I told David, I said, if his temp doesn't go down in like 10 minutes, I'm going to take him to the ER. 
And David's like, are you sure? Like, do you think we need to do that? And I was like, yeah, I, I think we do. And I'm telling you guys, in after like not even five minutes of waiting and just seeing how he was burning up still and the temperature wasn't going down. And I know five minutes is not a long time, but it seems like forever when you're just staring at your kid with a fever, by the way. So as the fever's not going down, I look at David after like, again, not if it was five minutes, five minutes would have been too long. <laughs> and I'm like, it doesn't matter. I'm getting dressed. I'm taking him to the ER. And he just like looks at me with this like face, like, like just a blank face. And I'm like, no, this is what's happening right now. I'm going to do it. And he's like, okay. And he can't come with me, you know, which is the craziest part because, well, first of all, we have obviously Ariela in the house, so we really can't go anywhere. I didn't even want to wait to call anybody, which is like one of the things that the whole family was like, why didn't you call us? And I'm like, because you really think that I'm going to sit there and wait for you to arrive to my house when my kid is burning up? No, I got dressed. I told David to put him in the car seat and we left, you know, when I'm home at night, I'm with my glasses not with my contacts. Um, yes, I'm blind. I cannot see a thing. And so I go with my contact with my glasses, which I did not think was a huge thing, but they are also because I only use them at home. They're older. So the prescription isn't great. Thank God the hospital was right around the corner because I'm like, mm, yeah, things are blurry. Should probably change my glasses. So thoughts as a, thoughts that are going through my head. Again, Alejandro is super quiet throughout all of this as we're in the car and I'm the one that's talking to him, trying to calm him down, but really I'm calming myself down because my kid's my kid's fine. My kid's not saying anything. He's like fine. You know, he's he's not crying, he's not complaining, he's not nothing at this point. He's just chilling back there in his car seat. And I'm the one that's having a heart attack. And then I realize when we get to the ER that I have to have a mask on. And if you have glasses and wear a mask, then you understand the fogging struggle. And it was terrible. I'm literally struggling this whole time, but this is not about me. It's about my kid. So I'm like, whatever, I'm going to throw this mask on. I'm going to figure it out. For those of you who heard my original like labor and birth podcast, I had to give birth, obviously, with glasses and a mask on because of my C-section. You can't have contacts. You have to have glasses or if you or nothing, I guess, but then I'd be really blind. And what's the point of that? And I had the fogging problem and the lady who did my epidural, she... Uh, was also my anesthesiologist she gave me like a piece of duct tape so she literally taped my mask to my nose at this birthing process so it gives me all these flashbacks because I'm at the hospital again but now with my kid but with the mask that's fogging glasses so again these are all the thoughts that randomly run through my head throughout all of this <laughs> but I didn't realize how far the parking was from the actual ER room entrance like the emergency room entrance and so I still have Ariela and Alejandro inside of car seats the ones that are removed from the car so the base stays in the car but the actual car seat comes in and out they're still in the weight of it and also um it's easier for us when we go to like swim class and things like that i have the other ones here but i just haven't switched them because we haven't had the need so and i didn't want to carry him physically in because i wanted to be able to put like a seat cover and like get him covered because of course you know we're in the hospital so i'm literally running through this parking lot guys with my almost 20 pound child in this car seat and the diaper bag thrown around me and my glasses with a fogging mask or with the, with the mask on with my glasses fogging better said and I'm like running over to the entrance and there was a fiasco of course at the security um, the security lady they have to do like the COVID screening and she's taking forever now Alejandro's starting to get fussy all over again and so I'm like, uh, have you ever been here before? And I'm like, yeah, I have. It's for my son. Da -da -da. I show her the kid. And she's like, oh, okay, well, pediatrics isn't here. And I'm like, okay, but this is the emergency room. So where's the emergency room for pediatrics? She's like, you're going to have to wait. 
And I'm like, how long do I have to wait? I'm like, I thought it was right here. I'm literally seeing a sign that says, by the way, emergency room, adults to the left, pediatrics to the right. They're like, no, we have too many adults now with COVID. So this whole entire section is for adults and most of them are coming in with COVID. So I'm like, oh, so if, you know, so if it wasn't a fear already, it's definitely a fear as the security guard is telling me that. She's asking for my license. Obviously, I have to, thankfully, I grabbed my license. I don't even know when I did that, but obviously I grabbed, thankfully, my license. Because I only grabbed the diaper bag and the kids, so I must have thrown my license in my diaper bag. These are the crazy things that go through my head. <laughs> like how quickly I do things that I don't even remember. So I throw it all in there. Um, and so I'm, I'm taking out my license, better said. And she's like, she's asking me questions and the whole thing. And I remember one of those, I looked at her and I said, ma'am, my kid is has a high fever. I'm vaccinated. I just need someone to come and grab me. And she's like, we're going as fast as we can. The machine's not working. I can't get the sticker from them that gives me permission to get in. It was again, an absolute fiasco. And then one of the guys that was sitting in the back from the security, not the two securities in the front, one of the ones sitting in the back, he goes, I'm going to call pediatrics for you right now while she finishes that. And I'm like, oh, good. Someone with a brain is going to start getting someone over here while they're having issues with this, you know, screening process that they're trying to do. And so then the nurse comes, she's dressed in like the full blown astronaut gear that, you know, if you've been to the hospital, obviously during COVID times and you, you know what I'm talking about, they have the full suit, the full headgear, the full face masks. Like it's absolutely nuts. She comes over. I can barely hear her because she sounds like, again, an astronaut. She's like, like, that's how I hear her breathing. I'm like, what is this? She takes my temperature. She takes Alejandro's temperature. Obviously Alejandro is through the roof, which mind you, bad time to have a fever anywhere these days. Obviously he did not have COVID, but he has a fever. And so what does everybody think these days when you have a fever? So, cause there are a million other things you can get sick from. Yeah. So anyways, <laughs> the nurse comes, she takes her temperatures and then she takes us around the building. Guys, I'm not even kidding. Around the building. Okay. Into this side door that takes me through like these million corridors. It's like a fiasco. I'm like, what am I going through right now? I'm supposed to be going to the emergency room to take my son to figure out what's wrong with him. Do they not realize that something's wrong with him? You know, and as a mom, you, I guess, you know, like I was desperate to find out. And thankfully, you know, I said this a million times in my head, which I know it sounds bad because they're my kids, but I'm like, thankfully this wasn't Ariela because had it been my daughter, this would have been a true fiasco. They probably actually would have taken me back there faster because she would have been wailing at the top of her lungs. She's like that. She's a little, she's a little dramatic for a girl. Like by a little bit, I mean a lot. And she's just a different thing. But he's again, super calm. He is such a good boy. They have me wait outside of pediatrics because when I get there, there's no bed. There's no rooms. There is nothing. They literally put together this makeshift corner for me and Alejandro. And I'm just like, no one puts baby in a corner. And I'm like, obviously quoting Jordy Dancing for absolutely no reason in my head. But apparently this was all keeping me calm that night. There's babies crying. Everything is filled. I mean, this ER looks like you know, the middle of the day. And mind you guys, it was like probably like two in the morning at this point. And I get him out of his car scene. He's still burning up, you know, and he's not crying, which again, he's such a good boy. He's like, just, he just wants to be cuddled up with me. I'm just like, I'm going to protect you, little baby. You and me, we're going, we're going to, we're going to get through this, you know, and I'm holding him and like mama bear just kicks in. I'm like, I got this, you know, and I'm taking care of the nurse comes and she has to, you know, do all of the vitals. And of course the poor thing has to get a rectal thermometer. Uh, that's how they take their temperature. 
And I was just like, oh, this is not going to be fun because he's never done this before. I mean, they prick him. They have to take his blood his blood pressure. They have to put that thing on his arm while, the, while that it gets air. So they take his blood pressure. They prick his finger. They get how much oxygen he's getting, how much he's breathing, and they put that little thing on his finger. They do all of these different things. He loves it all. Well, he doesn't love it, but he sits there and he lets them do it. And then comes the rectal thermometer portion. <laughs> and I'm like, how am I going to convince my kid to let them do this? I obviously get him and I look at him straight in the face and I'm just like trying to talk to him, distract him. And all of a sudden he realizes what's going on. And guys, I swear to God, it was like a face of distrust. Like he was just like, mom, I trusted you and you let them do this to me. It was absolute terror what went through this little boy's face as they um, check his thermometer through his rectal. I, I wanted to cry. I was like, yes, baby boy, I let you down. Like, I let them do this to you. His face was of absolute betrayal. I can't even explain it past that. <gasps> so it takes forever, obviously, for the doctor to even come in and and hear, you know, and hear everything and, and figure out what it is. And of course, again, we have a fever, so it's it's nuts. The little boy in the, well, I'd like to say in the room right next to us, but we didn't have a room. We had a corner. So, but in the room that was next to my corner, little boy's crying and we're trying to get through it so I try to put on um my kids love la vaca lola if you know anything about you know lola the cow she's very popular in the spanish community <laughs> and so my alejandro loves la vaca lola he loves her loves her like you can sing the song from far away and all of a sudden he starts clapping and smiling like he loves la vaca lola and so I put it on for him and he's cuddled up on top of me just like I'm telling you guys just it's this Alejandro is not a cuddler. I should probably just say that first. Like he is not much of a cuddle baby. He loves to be rambunctious and adventurous and just all over the place and playing. And he loves to wrestle with his dad as crazy as that sounds because he's only 10 months old at this point. Like, but that's just kind of who he is. He's not huge on cuddling. He doesn't need to be rocked to sleep. He puts himself to sleep. Like he's such an independent big boy. And then he's like on top of me, super cuddled. And I'm just like, I I don't know what to do except for hold him and sing with him and hopefully he feels better. And finally the doctor comes in and I tell her everything that we've done that's ha that has happened. And she looks at him and she's like, well, it could be a little bit of teething. And in my head, I'm like, yeah, but the fever is like really high. But then she says that she's like, yeah, but his fever is a little higher. She checks his ears, guys. He has an ear infection. Yep. You heard me right. And I paused accordingly. He has an ear infection. So when I go to her, I'm like, how would I have known this? Like, is there a way that I could have checked this where I wouldn't have been so crazy, where I didn't have to like run all the way over here or anything like that? And she goes, no, it's an inner ear infection. So unless you had, you know, and she points to the little um, gadget that they use to look into the ears. I don't know the term. I apologize. I'm not a medical professional. And um, she looks into his, you know, she's like, unless you had this, you wouldn't be able to tell that he had an ear infection. And I'm like, okay. So I'm finally relaxed to a certain extent because, you know, I find out that it's that. And then, you know, I ask her, is this like a pool thing or is this like, what is this from? And she's like, no, he has a cold. You can tell that he has a little bit of the sniffles and it just affected his inner ear and that's normal. And, you know, then we go into the conversation of the little tubes in the ears, which me and my brother had. So maybe it's something that he will probably have as well. So ear infections might be a thing, but thankfully it is not from the pool because we do take him to swimming classes. We've been taking them to swimming classes. 
uh, for quite some time now, for a few months, I want to say since they were four months, we've been taking them to swim classes. And so, you know, my fear, and of course we put them in the pool in our house all the time. So my fear was, you know, we gave him the ear infection, but no, he seems to have just got something and caused an ear infection. So they give him the antibiotic. They tell me the correct dosage of Tylenol and Moltrin to give him, which we had given him too little because we did it based off of the previous weight. So it's all off weight of the baby. And so we did it based off of the original dosage that the doctor told us months ago. But of course now, because my baby is almost 20 pounds, his dosage is a little bit higher. So Hence why the Tylenol that we first gave him in the house did absolutely nothing. So they gave him the correct dose. They they gave me the prescription for the antibiotic. And then I'm sitting there thinking, like I'm waiting again. And I'm waiting this whole entire time. And I'm like, do they not understand that I have a little baby who does not understand just sitting here and waiting throughout this process? And I can't even imagine because, again, my baby's good. But all the other little kids are in there that you're just sitting there and waiting. And I know it's not their fault. They have a thousand people there. I mean, how fast can they take someone, you know, and get people discharged. And so the nurse passes by and I'm like, Hey, how much longer? And she's like, we're trying to get your discharge papers now. I'm like, okay. Cause you know, it's like three in the morning now. <laughs> Finally, we go home. We were probably there a total of like two and a half hours. But this time on the way home, I didn't have to go through all the fiasco by myself. The beautiful nurse, not the astronaut one, a different one. She came to help me and she carried the bag at least. So I was only, I was able to just carry Alejandro. I wasn't carrying a diaper bag and Alejandro going through all of these random corridors with absolutely no direction. She walked me all the way to my car, helped me put everything in the car. And I was on my way with my glasses without being able to properly see back to my house. And so he sleeps in our room, you know, for the next few nights. But we check him every two hours that night. Like we, I can't even sleep at this point. So I'm like, check him every little bit. Um, you know, the, antibi the antibiotic, David, my husband goes to get in the morning and they don't even have it ready. And then they don't have the insurance on file. And then he ends up having to pay for it out of pocket. He's like, I'm not leaving here without this antibiotic. <laughs> And he has a whole issue with the whole antibiotic too. No idea, right? Everything that can go wrong does go wrong. I feel like when, when situations like this happen. And so we put pressure on the pediatrician to get, to take both the kids in so we can at least get Ariela checked too, because I for sure was like, well, if Alejandro has an ear infection, then Ariela more than likely has one too. I mean, how is this possible? Like they share everything guys. Like we feed them with the same spoon. They try to lick each other throughout the whole entire day. They're playing with the same toys, putting the same toys in their mouth. I mean, like, there's really almost no way that I feel like I could have separated this, especially because they had already been together that day. I mean, I had assumed at this point that they would have gotten it. So we get the kids checked out. Ariela's fine. Nothing wrong with her. She did get a fever as well where I thought the night before, where I thought it might have been that. But it was her teeth. Baby Shark got four more teeth that week. Yes, you heard me right, four. The first time she got teeth was four, and the second time she got was four. So now she has four in the bottom and four in the top. She's literally my little baby shark. And all of this happened on the exact same week, guys, that both the kids took their first steps. Ariela and Alejandro. Ariela took them first, and then Alejandro, she took about two steps by herself and then fell. And Alejandro would take about three to four steps and then would fall. And so days apart on the same week, we go to the emergency room, they walk. It's like, you never really know how you're going to be. You have highs and lows all in the same week. Be careful. It's not even in the same, in the same day. This whole having twins, being a mom, like being a mom, being an entrepreneur, having my own business and trying to do everything at once is definitely a roller coaster, but it is 
the funnest, most exciting, and coolest roller coaster I've ever been on, but also the hardest. <laughs> Can't forget to acknowledge that it is also the hardest thing I've ever done, but as they get older, it is getting um, funner, more exciting, and seeing them grow and learn has definitely been one of the highlights for sure, of course, of my life, and I'm sure my husband's too, so... Thank you guys so much for joining, for listening to our first emergency room fiasco and everything that comes along with it. Can't wait to hear more about your stories as well about your emergency room. So reach out to me. Let me know. Talk to you guys soon. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I cannot wait to chat with you guys soon. So make sure if you haven't already, subscribe to our next episode and follow my craziness on Instagram at ebjevents and at canal.twins. I promise you, something's always happening.